When the day's been long and it's time to unwind It's time for the boys to poke around in your mind If you're like me and you like to laugh once in a while Sit up for David and strap yourself in for Kyle Sit up for David, strap yourself in for Kyle Hello everyone, and welcome to this 11th episode of the Unacceptable Face of Podcasts. I'm Kyle. And I'm David. This is and, uh, this is, this is number yes. 11 already, is it? God, number 11, yes. Some, some might call this our, our 11th hour. Mm, mm. Although it is close to half 12. Ooh, we'll, we'll be getting on <clears> to <throat> the hour of the wolf if we're not careful. I mean, I, actually, I think this is literally Ooh. the witching hour, isn't it? Let me just Google that. The Witcher. I'll let you um, engage up. I'm pretty sure we did this in the Hour of the Wolf. <laughs> really? We had this exact discussion in the Hour of the Wolf, yeah. So we've, we've sort when of When the cy- Witching Hour is, and one of us went to Google it. So we've cycled around all the topics of humanity. We've come full circle. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah we're, um, we're, we're coming at you for, for the first time in probably uh, a couple of weeks now wouldn't it be david we've had a couple of missed release dates as per usual and uh, yeah this is coming sort of i've I've heard some i've heard some people suggesting that we can't really claim to be a weekly podcast anymore and that we'd have to settle for being a fortnightly really yeah and you're saving this to tell me on on air yeah Jeez, I'm fuming it's pretty, at that. It's pretty the audacity bad. Audacity it? of it. it. Yeah, it is audacious. It really is. I, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've had stern words with them. They've been put well in their place. I wish I believed that, David. I wish I did. You know, you're not the first person who um, <laughs> believes I'm incapable of con- confronting anyone when they, when they, they slag off a partnership. Um, <laughs> is there an anecdote there? Uh, there might be. But I, uh, I, I probably shouldn't get into that. It, it's one that couldn't be recorded. No, and no, broadcasted. It's, it's it's one of the many things I've done Certainly. in my life or failed to do in my life, which is completely unsuitable for the public ears. It just, it just. Is. <laughs> oh dear. You know, oh, I, dear. I mean, but anyway, I've, yeah. I've, in oh. no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. You go. You go ahead. You go ahead. No, I was just about to ask. Sort of in the time since we've been off air, what have you been up to? How's life in Camp David? It's not bad. It's not bad. Um, I was able to take a trip back to Brighton uh, about a week ago for my my birthday. As I, as I sort of left the gold sunlit plains of my early twenties and entered into this sort of dead thistly moor of my mid twenties, in which I can no longer claim to be a child. Um, yeah, no, it was pretty good. Uh, still Brighton again. Um, got to have a wander on the chalk. Generally had a pretty good time. Mm. Uh, not not a lot's been yes. happening apart from that. Mm. How how about you, Carl? How how have you been? Yeah, things things are uh, things are pretty good here. Um, not really much to complain about. Um, applied for a couple of jobs, etc. You know that whole thing. It'll 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 be a good episode. You know the the, the first episode that comes out post employment on my part or rather during my employment once I got my first job if we had one episode that was pre employment and then the next one was post employment, that would either be an incredible an incredibly <laughs> an incredibly scathing indictment of your you know, your capacity to hold down a job, or probably more likely, an incredibly scathing indictment of our capacity to continue this podcast once you start your job. <laughs> I'd say that either are firmly within the realms of possibility. Mm. That's the sad thing. Um, but anyway, well, yeah, I suppose there's one other thing where um, I've been playing um, a, v- a video game for the first time in quite a while. <clears throat> um, yeah, oh, do, do I, bought, uh, I bought a, vi- a video game for my computer. I think we're getting a bit of a delay here. B- 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 
bit of lag. Our connection has been quite poor. So just for those of you, yeah. there is a bit of a delay here. Apologies, there but is a bit. I'm not editing squat. <laughs> we'll keep it rolling. It'll be we'll like Chris Nolan. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we'll just we'll just try to keep the dead air to a minimum. Anyway, yes, I've been playing the game um, Stardew Valley, um, which I got on on Steam. Uh, this is an indie game that's uh, been released just about a couple of m- 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 months ago, I think. And um, <clears throat> for for the interest of brevity we'll just say it's a farming simulator akin to harvest moon and, oh i know uh, I'm having i know great time on there i actually know harvest moon really yeah yeah hey. this is a delight because usually and we were just talking about this uh prior to the recording that we don't often talk about video games on the show because david just hasn't got the same level of interest as i do and even the interest i have isn't really that high but um Please, yeah. do tell. Well, back in my early 20s, uh, my my lover at the time, who, who herself was, was very, very keen on video games, um, introduced me to this thing called Harvest Moon. Uh, and I, you know, I, I don't remember a huge amount about it, but I remember it has a, it had a very sort of pleasing aesthetic. Um, and there was, mm-hmm. it seemed to sort of revolve quite heavily around marriage as well. There was an awful lot of coursing in it, which I, I quite liked. Um, is, that, is that right? If I remember that correctly, yeah. there were all these sort of like you know farm girls around no. you to try and impress and so on. Um, so that was that was. Great. Yes, you're completely correct there. Very you good. are. It's, um, I mean, it is entirely optional to the game, but I'd say anyone with at least half heart who plays it really puts a large focus on it, and it has been replicated in Stardew Valley and is really my A game at the minute. To secure the hand of the lovely farm girl Leia. Oh. A delightful girl. Oh, very good. Leia, yeah. Mm. You know... An artist, would you believe, David? An artist. Hmm. It always strikes me more as a sort of, um, you know, PPE sort of name. Mm. Mm. You're not wrong there. Mm, no, I'm not. I've... But anyway, had you um, any any other experiences with well, I was, was going to suggest this is, this is sort of brought to mind something that um, I, I've been thinking about a lot recently. If you were to take... Myself and Kyle, um, and indeed the whole Two Fops brand, and were to relocate us from more of the sort of suburban internetese kind of realm and take us into a rural setting, and and have the two of us running a farmstead. What what does that look like in your vision? Like is is it is it a life you could imagine that we could be could, could we make it work? Is, is I suppose on what I'm wondering. Oh yes. I mean. I, are you asking? I'm, I'm, I suppose, in a veiled way, the I'm asking. Or me? I'm asking you. I mean, obviously, if the audience wants to write in and and you know send in some sort of picture of the two of us in farmer's gear and you know tending the odd cow, a little suckling pick on the side, that that's always great. But what, <clears> what do you think? Do you think we could run a farm successfully? No. Would it would it destroy us? You do because I really want to move out. It's, to the it's really. It's really interesting that you ask this question because you know I've been. Obviously, at the minute, I'm unemployed. And I've been thinking a lot about potential jobs, what I would like to do. And, you know, the concept of your dream job pops up every now and again. And, 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 um, and surely, like, live, like, cottaging with me, right? That that would work. We, we, no, we, David, we, you and I have cottaged in the past. Our own oats, and I vowed and never be, again. And that would be it. That would, we, we, we could just live on, on the oats we've sown. Am I, am I labouring in there? During our cottaging. No, 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 that's fine. But what I... Well, anyway, what I would say is... Um, I find it hard to think of a more n- n- of a more noble profession than farming. Mm. And I sort of can't imagine anything more satisfying than being a f- f- farmer. You know, and obviously I'm coming at this as a real layman but you know sort of just imagine you know you get up in the morning and you you know you throw the curtains of your bedroom open allowing the dawn sunlight to pour in and you look straight out across and you see that one particular field of yours think right 
my job today is to get in my combine harvester and go out and just get that all done. Get that harvested. Now, of course, there will. I would imagine there will be lots and lots of jobs to do in a day. You know, lots of upkeep to do. But I'd imagine you know, you set yourself that one task and you sort of go out, you hop in your tractor and you sort of ready yourself and you put your manual hours in and then at the end of it as you drive off you can turn and you look at that field and you see that's all been that's all been harvested that's all been done and that sort of concept of it I re- and then of course you can take those crops and you sell those off and you can you know you can literally see and touch and taste the fruits of your labour mm. mm. and I, 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 I can think of few jobs that would be more rewarding than that and indeed more necessary to our society so I would like to say I have the utmost respect for the farming community um, I think it, it is important to put that out there I think that is the official two fops um, uh, the official two fops opinion on agriculture at large I mean the, the agrarian um, vote is is one we sort of rely on really isn't it it's, it's a demographic we can't it definitely is lose. Especially on this podcast, I, I, I sort um, of, I, you know, I think, you know, forgive me for being presumptuous about your own life, but I think you're maybe being a little too optimistic there, Carl. And I, I don't want to, well, I don't want to upset was... your loved ones, but what I, the way I sort of see it, maybe, is if, you know, if if we were farming together, I honestly think that one of us would would most likely be ending each day resting on, resting on Elizabeth. Which is not a woman, I should hasten to add. It's a, a double barrel shotgun, and you know, we just be we'd be too tired to even pull the trigger. And whoever it was would just be nestling their heads sort of round the rim and round and round. And in in the end, in the end, the bed would be more appealing than the cold gunmetal, but it it wouldn't be a good life. It wouldn't be a good life. Well, I was going to go on and continue by, you know, addressing the amount of hard work and unsociable hours that go into owning, running and maintaining a farm and commenting that neither of us have the stamina, wherewithal, or indeed charisma. (laughs) The charisma. That's true, actually. Um, Actually, mm. the, I hadn't really thought about the charisma, but you're yeah. right. You you really need to have a way with people. Because it would be, I I I think it would be great if you were the kind of person who could, and I wish I was. But I there there are I would I would I I would fall halfway toward the first hurdle. Yeah, um, I mean, what, like where would where would one start? I mean, what what is what is the first step in becoming a farmer? Assuming, assuming you don't want to like apprentice um, yourself to another one, and you want to be your own man. Being the son of a farmer, mm, right. I would say, would be, would would be a good first step. If your yeah. dad owns a farm, you're well on your way to becoming a farmer. It's the most prudent career move, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, it really would be. Um, I mean, I I once I, do, I you once know, that's 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 a good point. I've no I, idea. I once I once gardened. You what? I, I, I had a little garden. Only the once that I that I tended for. Um, oh. that, was, that was quite nice. It, and when was this? I don't know. About five or six. Yeah. The use of the past tense is quite ominous here. What what happened to the garden, David? Well, I... what became of that childhood garden? Well, you... okay, so. So there were these gnomes, and I I I I try not to think about them, but you know you know when you're five or six years old, you kind of think that being given some gnomes to go in your own garden would only sort of <laughs> would only kind of enrich the experience, but it mm. really didn't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying they were gremlins. You know, I'm not saying they were. They were figures of a horror film there to, you know, disrupt everything when I went to bed and 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 and, and tear up my rutabagas and anything like that. There was none of that. They were far, far more subtle about it. Because what the gnomes ultimately mm. represented was jealousy and envy. And my brother and I, we were each given one gnome, and my gnome was much, much bigger than his gnome. 
because partly because my garden was much much bigger than his i mean he 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 barely had like a strip of land that could even reach the sun and and he didn't like it he was i mean he was at an age where he, he really really resented this sort of thing um and and i think you know i i kind of think that the gnomes whispered to both of us in a way and and they would become these sort of objects these kind of loci around which all of our aggression would swell gnomes would be stolen gnomes would be sort of thrown about and stamped on in the garden and but you know before long there had been so much running around stealing gnomes from each other and scrapping that the the, the topsoil was ruined nothing ever grew again <laughs> you know that sounds really dramatic because I'm, 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 it's so long ago I'm trying to remember what actually happened and that is actually sort of what happened it got so sort of like run down that eventually it just became completely untenable for for growing growing life in it Anyway, so so the gnomes' sort of malign influence didn't really stop there, and, and even after the gardens were ruined, the gnomes stayed with us, and they were taken back home. And we still thought the gnomes were a good thing, something to sort of be prized. But it was it was the complete reverse. It was this external object upon which all of our kind of negativity was placed. And it, and it came to a head one day when uh, my my brother, uh, no no, it wasn't even him. It was you know, I. Yeah, I I did that. <laughs> yeah, no, I. Christ, this is. Uh, what? Oh, God, no, I can't. I wasn't expecting this conversation to be this heavy. Jeez. No, it, it probably just sounds like ridiculous. What did you waffling. do? No, I mean, it, I... yeah, shit. So I, so many times, because I, I should point out my my gnome, whilst being bigger and having a sort of a grander stature, was was made of was made of of. Uh, um, like like not not China, but it was it was a sma- it was smashable. It was porcelain, porcelain, porcelain yeah, it, was, it was porcelain. No. My my brother, yeah. was, you know, be, being being Sad. younger, just had this little plastic thing. So so even though on the surface I was by far the more sort of indestructible figure, the reality was far different. And my brother would always threaten just to smash it, and he kept sort of like saying, "Oh, I'm going to kick it out, I'm going to topple it." And I and I'd be like, "No, no, don't, don't you dare, don't 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 do that. If you do that, no." Um, and I would threaten that I would that I would sort of throw away the, the, his plastic gnome and, and ruin it and get rid of it forever. Uh, and then one day, a few years into this, and, and, and this had been building up for so long, um, we were playing football in the garden. And this was no longer our garden. Like by this time, the garden was gone. We were now in a completely different garden in, in a different house. And, I, and the gnomes had been moved here. And I kicked my football. And my brother was in goal because he, he always insisted on being in goal and he failed to stop my shot and and it went wide and it, it hit my gnome and the gnome smashed and my brother like, like there wasn't even a pause I, I, I wouldn't have minded if there had been just a, just a brief moment of hesitation to sort of uh, offer a look of sympathy as we sort of recognise the absurdity of life it was instant laughter instant laughter it was a hilarity that just bubbled up from a from from a real sincere place, and I think that was what drove me over the edge, and uh, and enraged mostly by my own sort of impotence, I suppose. I I I <clears> went over and I and I, and I grabbed the, the little gnome and marched off with it. My, his gnome, yeah, his, his gnome. And my, my my brother started crying and ran after me, and and I know I went towards the house, and I have memories of ink. But it just sort of stops there, God. and all all I'm thinking now is I I I just know for a fact that not, that we don't have either gnome anymore, and ha- and certainly haven't had for years, and I and I still can't remember what I did with that little gnome. Jesus, it must have been pretty, pretty <coughs> bad. So yeah, so to answer my own question, no, I I don't deserve to be a farmer. I've been down that road. I'm not, I'm I'm not uh. the right kind of man for that job. Sounds like an open and shut case of d- double numicide. Yeah, I mean, oh. damn, that was well, that was heavy. Yeah, that was harrowing. We might have to take a break here. I, you know, I, in- I intend, I intend the farming segue to just be like this little joyous thing, and it is, it is really. Oh wow! Got me. That took root. That took it root. Did. Oh. Let's let's on, move on. On, let's on a brighter on note. More... Yes. Let's let's on a brighter let's note. Let's talk about Game of Thrones. Everyone's favorite fantasy 
epic television show has returned to our screens. And not a moment too soon, I might add. What, so, what did you think of the, 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 the debut episode? Of season 6. What did I think? The debut episode of season 6. Um, I enjoyed it. Definitely say I enjoyed it. Um, and I should put the disclaimer at the beginning that I find it hard to sort of... Or in the past, anyway, I find it hard to critique Game of Thrones too much because I think I always have enjoyed it. And I'm aware of the criticism sort of put out against particularly uh, last year's season five. But to me, and I I don't know why this is, but I sort of saw it like rather than many other TV shows where, you know, where I would look at Owen's say, oh, well, season two was objectively the best. After that, it all went downhill. You know, here I just, I sort of can't get away from the idea of the whole show thus far being just one, one long uh, epic narrative and sort of, because I've sort of on the whole enjoyed it so much you know i find it hard to critique it and say oh, well that was very you yeah know, apart from the occasional episode and the occasional moments here and there but overall i think it is excellent yeah it's, it's um, one of sunny one of my episode, yeah yeah but uh this episode um i enjoyed um it was kind of yeah like the, the, there was nothing really groundbreaking i think there was one particularly exciting accelerating scene uh within it it um, certainly got me going um the st- yeah the story up at the w- wall anyway it was very captivating that was great, i would like it? to see more of that rock last week completely rock. yeah good stuff um but um overall i enjoyed it there were some some uh misjudged attempts at comedy i thought that didn't oh really yeah and didn't yeah that was the tone of the that show was surprisingly incongruous wasn't it I, I was sort of sitting there yeah. uh, at the scene which i'm sure you're referring to sort of thinking God, really? Like that's that's that doesn't feel yeah. at all like the sort of thing that I would expect those characters to actually say. Hmm. Yeah. Like the, the we the should uses say of, as like, well, listology I think, I th- was a bit was a bit weird. Mm. I think I think it would be good if we uh, if we talked openly about this show uh, as well. Uh, so we should maybe put a spoiler warning here. That, um, yeah. If you don't want to hear any more about Game of Thrones, maybe skip ahead a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Good. 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 Good luck in the description. Okay. I maybe won't. Just, just take your bets and assume we're still, yeah. we're still on the subject for at least ten minutes. Yeah. Just chance it. Just chance it. Um, it's also worth pointing so, out that I, I've, I've read yeah, the books just... and have very sort of preconceived notions as to what I want the show to be based on that. Um, where, That's true. Whereas I haven't at all. I was firmly introduced to to the. Uh, to the Song of Ice and Fire universe through the the, 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 the TV show, so yeah, opposite ends of the spectrum here. Um, so so I suppose I have to ask, what was your opinion on uh, the Dawn storyline that we got in this episode? Because that that for me was by far and away my biggest problem with it. I I really really hated the way they did that. Yeah, well, to me, it's I mean the. Dorn storyline to me, um, you know anything that's happened in that area um, has failed to ever really grab me. And despite my whole discussion there, but saying that I've seen the whole show was sort of uh, of a consistently good quality. Essentially, um, it really since it was introduced last season, it's been very poor, very very yeah. poor. Um, and hard, you know, I've never really been invested in it at all. Um, and so to me, it was just sort of continuing that trend. Uh, it failed to invest me. I think the characters, the sort of female characters there who have taken power now, you know, they're not very captivating either as heroes or villains, depending how... They're, they're a bit pat, aren't they? Look at it. Uh, Excuse me? A, a bit, a but bit what's, pat. What's I think? I'm going to Google that word because I heard mm, it. In, yeah. I heard it recently. I don't actually know what it means. Um, <laughs> I, re- I really, really um, hope I haven't. Perhaps... I really hope it's not in any way like sexist because that would be awful. Um, oh, oh, shit. Um, no, hang on a minute. That's, that's not. Right. It would be a very arch thing to say. It would. Um, okay. It it doesn't seem to mean anything like what I thought it means. As far as I'm aware, the word pat just means. Exactly what you'd expect it to mean. 
Um, oh, no, no, apparently it means simple and somewhat glib or unconvincing. So, yeah, I'll maintain my critique. It was very, it was very pat. Again. It was very pat. Um, very pat. Uh, so, yes, I think we would all um, appreciate it if you could weigh in on the whole Dorn topic a bit more, because I do think that you will represent a large portion of our audience who have read the books and have these preconceived ideas of what the show should yeah, be. Yeah, okay. And um, I would, of course, be happy to hear. So, that so I'll, I'll give my sort of skinny on the dawn situation. Um, it's it's one of my sort of favourite corners of the world, and one of the storylines which I, I'm really sort of a fan of because I think, uh, I mean, I it, I think it sort of discusses quite a few really cool ideas. One of which is, I mean, because right, so so in Game of Thrones, you you see so much in the way of kind of vengeance and bloodlust and kind of react pe- characters reacting to the horrors that are sort of perpetrated on them. I think in lots of ways it moves very very quickly. Um, in the Dawn storyline, you have this this tension between uh, Prince Doran Martel, who appears to lots of the other characters in Dawn to be completely ineffectual and useless, and to not care anywhere near enough about taking revenge for the members of his family who have been murdered by the Lannisters in the past. Mm. He's crippled, isn't yeah. he? In, uh, that character in as well. the books, he suffers from like a terrible sort of a terrible gout, which has has just got worse and worse over the years, and and it just just causes him an intense amount of pain all the time, even if he's not walking. And he, and yeah, he just he just he just can't manage manage to walk. So he's portrayed as being as being very physically frail, um, but from the get go, like it's it's very clear that he's he's fully fully aware of of the situation. He's got a real grasp of the political nature of Westeros. He's clearly has a, a sense of, of priority that extends beyond his own family into his own countrymen, which I, I think it's fair to say you don't really see in any of the other characters, even like the Starks when they sort of begin their heroic um, quest to save Ned Stark and, and unseat Joffrey and all that. I, there's never any sort of reference to the fact that it, this, this will ruin the lives of many, many people in the North. It's all about sort of the family on a sort of higher up. Um, Doran Martel's first scene in in the book that he's introduced, he's sitting in in this these sort of these beautiful water gardens with all these children playing around, and and some of them are nobles and some of them are peasants, and but they're all naked, and so there's absolutely no way to tell which is which, and it's just this really like you get this really nice sense that this is one of the few good people in Westeros, mm. and someone who actually kind of gets why the world is just this horrible cycle of vengeance, but at the same time he's he's fully committed to a long-term vengeful master plan that he fully intends to sort of of bring this this reign of destruction and fire and punishment down on the Lannisters eventually but he's clever he's clever enough to know that if you if you just if you attack out of nowhere you'll either be destroyed and crushed like the Starks or you'll just have someone else come and uh, come and strike the same sort of revengeful note against you so gradually we're introduced through the lens of other characters to this thing called the Dornish Master Plan, which you've, you discover has been this thing that's been in the works ever since Robert's Rebellion was, was concluded. It's, it's really intricate. It's, it's, it involves all of these different aspects. And all of the, all of the characters in the show, which, which, as they do in the book, start off hating Duran Martel for being weak and ineffectual, eventually come around to his point of view he eventually sways them he eventually brings them into his circle of trust and they say okay we were wrong we were too rash and quick with our little schemes you're on a whole nother level here fair enough we'll go along with with what you're planning to do and then they and then each member of the the, that dornish family is given a separate task according to their abilities and the whole master plan suddenly springs into action with them all being assigned to different parts of the world handling the, like the political sphere and the military sphere and the maesters and and envoys being sent to different allies around the world it's, it's just it's such a nice thing to see that's not just that i mean like so so it's, it's nice to have an exploration of long-term planning it's nice to see vengeance sort of cast in a different light it's it's nice to have another character who has kind of has that Tywin Lannister effect of extreme competence about him and a sort of a, a cool collected long term planning to him, but at the same time is also a really nice guy. I don't know. There's there's so much going on in the Dawn stuff, and and it explores the whole idea of of the kind of a more matriarchal society with a sort of a you know a, a crippled male leader in a much more effective way. It's just it's it's a good story. 
and what we saw in the show was just dreadful by comparison. I I sort of had hope that the the sort of uncompelling nature of the Dawn storyline would pick up when when Doran Martel was able to sort of get into his master plan, but instead, out of nowhere, they just decide to cut their losses and have him killed, and he's literally no more than what what his murderers think he is. He, as far as we know, he, on the show, he's just he is just that a weak and effectual leader who has he doesn't have the guts to go to war. And it's really, really disappointing that we didn't get to see the, the much, much greater layer of depth to, to that character and to that family as a whole. We just got really, really kind of cheap, violent sort of people with a really sort of lazy take on, you know, with these toxic, badass women and all these weak men, stabby, stabby, look at us. It's just, oh, it was it was really lame. I really didn't like it. Um, and sort of just to sum up my, my horror... It, uh, I I I felt like like Rick from Rick and Morty, uh, where he's at Bird Person's wedding. It's spoilers, by the way, for Rick and Morty, where he's at Bird Person's wedding, and it it looks like everything's sort of proceeding along happily, and the sort of pleasant, apparently laid back Bird Person, who you nevertheless have a great deal of respect for and know he can get shit done, is suddenly murdered by a woman he's you know he 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 clearly cares about, and there's some sort of some sort of apparent affection there, and he's murdered out of nowhere, and it's it's horrifying. And Rick just just immediately exclaims, "Bird person, no!" And that is exactly how I felt when I saw Duran Martel go down. And I just I it it made me sad inside. It was a, such a waste of some of Game of Thrones' best material. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was my take on it. Yeah, that was uh, a pretty compelling take. To be honest, and I, I I didn't do it anywhere near justice either. There's 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 much, like read the books at some point everyone it's really good it really is um see this is the thing i i really as in i think i picked up the first book between seasons two and three possibly was i even watching them i can't i can't remember either way it was where it was i think it was while i was catching up with the show i think the first season i watched live was season four actually i think i binged seasons one to three um so it was after that and i picked up uh the first book of a song of ice and fire and um i think i got about halfway through and i did enjoy it yeah but there it's just it feels to me that there's just so much there i mean each book is sort of a lengthy tome Mm. and i find it hard to sort of spur myself on to get through that when by and large and I know there are discrepancies between the book and the TV show but by and large for those first five or six books and on I know what's happening I know what's going to happen I know how it's going to end and um, I must say I'm not much of a reader at the minute I used to be when I was young but sort of in the last couple of years anyway my reading has really dropped off oh, much to my own I'm chagrin I'm, I'm the same it's just but um, but I, you know I've, I've, I've had the books recommended to me quite a few times and I've just never been able to crack that nut mm. I, I guess what I would say is the, the main sort of um, thing to recommend the books over the show is if you if you really like world building then the books are a great mm. great way to go um, and I think the books sort of they, they add a certain texture and sort of weight to a lot of the events that are taking place. Like you really got to get a sort of a, a sense of sort of the weight of history and all these sort of events that have all these causes interconnecting back through many years, kind of leading to these inevitable tragedies decades later. It's, I guess that's kind of my, my take on it. But I fully accept there are, there are definitely things wrong with the books. And in many ways, the TV show is better. So I, I completely respect that, that take on it. <laughs> completely. Um, I, I have a I not I don't want to hog the mic, but um, because I feel I didn't really describe the dawn stuff properly, um, I I do have a little, a okay. little quote that I'd like to read out from from the words of Duran Martel himself to the Sand Snakes when he's uh, he's defending themselves against their their insults and this is this is the sort of thing that, that sort of sways them round to to agreeing that maybe his way is the way to go. Okay, I am not blind nor deaf. I know you all believe me weak, frightened, feeble. Your father knew me better. Oberyn was ever the viper, deadly, dangerous, unpredictable. No man dared tread on him. I was the grass, pleasant, complacent, sweet-smelling, swaying with every breeze. 
who fears to walk upon the grass? But it is the grass that hides the viper from his enemies and shelters him until he strikes. And that is why Duran Martel is a character worth keeping around, and it sucks that we lost him so soon. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty strong stuff there, and does make me wish that we had got to see a bit more of that. Yeah, especially show. as the actor was so fucking good. He was the perfect actor to play him as well. Yeah. Oh, it, oh. I, I have a question for you I, that I'd like to ask. Go on. Okay, so... Um, three questions, really, but they all sort of tie together. One is who do you feel is the the best sort of narrative construction um, of a character on Game of Thrones? Um, two, who is your actual sort of favourite character to watch? And three, which character would you say is closest to your heart? Oh, wow, okay. The best narrative construction... Well, arguably for all three of them, I could say Terry. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Uh, Tyrion Lannister, but I think that is maybe a bit arch. I'd certainly, <laughs> yeah, I'd s- s- certainly say Tyrion is my most favorite character, uh-huh. and probably closest to my heart as yeah. well. Um, Brienne of Tarth is pretty good. She I'm is, isn't she? Brienne. Yeah. Um, and you know, as much as I say that about Tyrion, he sort of, I could maybe argue that he's a bit of a less interesting character because he's one of the few characters in the show who's pretty much portrayed as a good guy consistently you know we're sort of always yeah he, on he is, inside i believe yeah. you know it's really just him and Jon snow and daenerys as well i suppose but she's gotten so smug yeah. and boring on on the show anyway that i kind of really wouldn't mind to see her get written off quite quickly mm. um, but there, you know there's so many other characters you know you just need to look at GME Lannister for example and it's kind of at the end of episode one anyway or re- way back then I mean he's a real nasty guy you know you really don't have um, many good things to say about him and then he grows and develops and goes in this arc and changes and you know you know he, you know he, 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 he grows. He also gets parts of him lopped off, um, and we come around to to his character in a way. You know, we really become quite fond. Well, I certainly become quite fond of Jamie anyway. Whereas you know, this is still the same person who, in the very first episode, pushed a child out of a window to try and kill him. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I think that's. Maybe sort of more interesting and sort of a greater creation mm. than Tyrion, who is, you know, just, you know, he's arguably the hero of the whole piece. Um, as, as a character, he's a bit of a victim of his own, like, success, isn't he? It, 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 it means suppose, it's much yeah. harder to take risks with him. Yeah, definitely. Um, in, um, in the books, he's a, he's a much, a much greater character, I'd say. He's he comes. Is he really? Yeah, I mean he he's done some he's done some things which have been pretty bad, uh, which are not in the show, and just his sort of his mannerisms. Mm. Like I mean he he's still he's still sarcastic, but there's but like there's particularly in the later books like it's drenched in a real bitterness. It, like it, it oh, really wow. is. Okay. Um, I think I would also say that Joffrey's a pretty good creation. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. You know, I think it really it speaks to um, the fact that uh, Jack Gleason, the young actor who portrayed him, has retired f- from acting. Um, I don't know if this is the main r- 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 reason, but I did. I've read a lot of anecdotes online that you know he did get a lot of public abuse and stuff like that, and I think it speaks a lot to both the character and that actor's performance that he did become so publicly hated. Um, well, undeservedly so because the actor, you know, just doing his job and a damn good one at yeah. that. But... I mean, on that note, I'm I'm a friend of a friend of Jack's, and uh, what I've always sort of heard is that as as much as he kind of like quite did did does like acting, the whole Game of Thrones thing, I think. I think it felt a bit mainstream to him, and I think he just didn't enjoy the fact that that was sort of what he was becoming synonymous with. 
and that was what was brought up to him mm. at like every social event and it, I, I don't think he enjoyed the, that sort of fame aspect of it and there were just other things that he was I finding more interesting that completely. And, yeah so it's, it's, it's fair enough um, yeah I mean it would be a lie if if I said that since Two Fops was made public that I haven't shared those issues yeah there's, there's only so many times that I'm sure that you have as a well. young child can come up to you in the street and you can you can hold back that jaded sigh isn't there like sooner or later you're going to snap mm. and then the parents are going to get annoyed and then and there's yeah. going to be a whole like, article about it and you have to wave the Daily Mail off and it's fucking you know, it's just it's, it's, it's yeah, a whole you just thing. have to go over to Spain or something and, yeah. and see out the rest of your days there. I mean that's that's where we're recording from now it's, it's mm. it, and it's mm. too hot it's just like that's why we're recording at fucking the fucking witching hour you can't do it in the middle of the day Everyone's asleep. Oh, certainly not. Um, yeah, no. It's, it's a joke. Um, so, um, to put, if if we can just go back to Game of Thrones one last time, um, what would your answer be to those questions? Um, um, so, be- best constructed character, Tyrion. Character that I've always most enjoyed watching has always been Tywin Lannister. Um, and the character that's closest to my heart is Jamie La- is yeah. Jamie Lannister. Um I mean, you, you you covered the Tyrion thing very well, I thought. Uh, Jamie, I kind of had the same take as you. Um, I, I in, like in, particularly in the books, you get a like you really sort of get this sort of you really get to sort of feel the pain that he has of of feeling that of how badly he's let himself down and how badly the world's let him down, and there's a real sort of sense of of you know yeah sort of like being very sort of acutely aware of of the potential that you had and what you could have been and what you've become and the sort of monster that that you are now and how sort of screwed up that is and and yeah so so the, the the feeling of allowing yourself to become morally corrupt and to have drifted into a sort of a, a disgusting shadow of what you were i think that's a feeling that a lot of us can relate to um and mm-hmm. it's 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 very much the two fops tale i think it's 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 certainly why I find him the most human character. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I I think he's great. And and that, I mean, Charles dances Tywin Lannister is just is just the bomb. It really is. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's like I really think of, that of menace and charm. Yeah, like I really think that that the show has lost a lot of steam since he went. It's, it's never recovered um, from from it, really. I mean, not not to say that it's bad no. now, but but you're right. It's. I mean, yeah. I mean, they took Joffrey from us, but I think there's you could definitely argue that they did that at the right time. You know, sort of horrible and monstrous actions. You know. Had we gotten many more of those, it would have, it would have really dulled it. I think you know, and and the whole thing could have degenerated into pantomime. But um, Charles d- d- dances d- Tywin. You know, there was sort of he was just as villainous, but in a much more refined way. Yeah. And 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 he, yet you... he was really under f- f- watch. Yeah. You know? And yet you can you can understand where he was coming from as well. Like he, definitely, you know, definitely. And and yeah, no, like the 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 fact that there's there's something always really great about the fact that everyone in that world who knew anything knew that you didn't ever mess with him, and that you 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 yeah. underestimated him at your peril. And like, and it happens mm. in the books as well. As soon as he's gone, the whole world just shifts, and that power vacuum is sort of felt, and no one quite knows what to do, and everyone's sort of weighing up. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's just really cool, really interesting dynamic. Um, yeah, yeah. So those would be my answers. The last question, the last question would would your answer to those questions be the same in the books as well as the TV show? Oh, or would there be any it's, it's tricky. The like the, like they they blend so much into each other. Like mm-hmm. like when I think of the characters, I I usually tend to think of of them as they as they are in the books rather than the show, but it's always with the face and the voice of the of the people in the show, so it's they're, they're too sort of melted together mm. for me for me to really, really make the distinction. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Um, right. So on that, I think we just about have time to fit in two fobs build. Uh, we did have another topic of discussion lined up, but we've ran on 
unfortunately. So that'll be put on the back burner for um, another episode, I'm sure, sometime when we run out of material. But yes, two fops build, and uh, this week we seek to uh, f- f- finish off this um, little impromptu science fiction trilogy that we've established over the last uh, the last two two episodes. Um, and so we wrap this up by discussing the topic of time travel, um, to which I believe that no uh, scripted introduction is necessary. So, David. What are your thoughts on time travel? Well, what do you reckon? Um, actually, I, no. I'll talk about time travel because you've 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 really been holding the mic for quite okay. a while. My, my, the, own, the, the, the one thing I was going to say, just a couple of words, is that I oh, I find okay. it rather shallow and pedantic. Fair enough. Good. <laughs> uh, very very good. Go on. What 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 do you well, think? Well, well said. Um, time travel it fascinates me. Ooh. You know, um, how much you could achieve were time travel in either direction possible. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, it pertains to a very specific subgenre of science fiction mm. that I hold a great, that I hold a great deal of, of, of affection for. Um, I will hold my head up high and say without shame that. Um, Back to the Future is my favorite film of all time. Oh, oh, and, what was that? Um, of all time. Of uh, all time. There uh, we go. There we go. And you know, Frank. Frankly, it was. It was. It was that, coming that at pun, one point. We had to have it at some point, and it was about time. Mm. Very good. Let's let's not milk it any more than we already have. Yeah, we're we're, we're losing time. <laughs> we should we should press on. Oh, fantastic. Um, but yes, it's, um, so it's, it's a captivating idea and there have been so many instances when I have, uh, I have put my foot firmly in my m- mouth, I don't mind telling you, or have somehow screwed up in one way or another. Um, one instance well, th- would have well, been, um, so, sorry, through, through time travel, you've screwed up. No. No, no, not at all. How, how, how on earth would that be possible? <laughs> would that it would be? Yeah, um, had I been allowed to finish. It, <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sorry. One instance was uh, came last July or August, I believe, and uh, while out while out walking through the streets of Edinburgh, I dropped my iPhone. Uh, onto the cold tarmac below, which caused the screen to shatter, um, which is a problem I know that many of us have have faced before in our lives. I could say up until that point that through um, owning three different iPhones over a period of about five years or so that I'd never once had a cracked screen. And that's what happened. And yet, in those, in those cold... To dark, shocking few seconds immediately after realising well, what had happened. It felt cruel and unfair that I couldn't sit because it, it, it was been such a small action, you know, a simple slip out of a hand. And it felt so cold and unfair of reality to deny me the chance to just reach back through a, a, a few simple seconds to stop that one small action that, to me at that time, was so catastrophic. Um, but yet, of course, we all know that it wouldn't be as easy as that. You know, were we able to travel in time, that you know, one action would lead to another action. You know, you you would always be ch- chasing that dragon, always wishing to push your luck that wee bit more, mm. and things would end all awfully, awfully. Um, but yet, so much is possible if 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 we were able. To travel in time. Yeah. So that's my rambling. It's, it's, a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Um, I think mm. I say that quite a lot. Um, but with with time travel. Um, but, uh, yeah. So so my my sort of vague understanding of it is that time travel to the past is it it doesn't like you know we don't really know of a, of a even a theoretical way that it could really be viable. Um, and this is coming from a physics PhD. Ad- admittedly, I, I 
I've never done any work on this subject, so so my knowledge of it isn't that much better than anyone else's. But uh, mm. but they so 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 there are various ideas of how it might work in dealing with causality and things like that. One of the sort of ways that I, you know I've had yeah. it suggested is that even if you could travel back in time, and sort of this is kind of looking at the idea of like the, like a sort of quantum many worlds kind of thing, all you would really be doing is is entering a new timeline in which the world had proceeded up to up to the point that you travel back to and then in one direction the uh you you have like a, a quantum branch in which uh the, the timeline that you know proceeded and then you have another branch in which someone who looked and sounded exactly like you appeared and started messing around with stuff and so the idea that you could ever then like travel back it sort of doesn't doesn't really work all you can ever really do is mm. is like effectively jump to other universes and and I you know you you would get to sort of like relive it but if you were to ever then travel into the future you know it wouldn't be the time that you would you know so it's it's not like you uh you can really save anyone exactly you you've just you're just creating another reality <clears throat> but you know even that has is really is a really sort of like sketchy proposal um so yeah, time travel to the past. Uh, it's kind of messy. Time travel to the future is completely possible, though. That's that's been done, which is great. Um, All of us are doing it right yeah. now. Yeah, but like even even beyond that, just relativistic effects. It's it's totally doable. Um, I I was in a in a cab actually, and something really surprised me when the taxi driver was talking about time travel and said that you know he they said that he didn't really sort of like under, understand it, but. But he could he could completely see that you could you could only ever go back into the past, but, but he didn't see how you could ever go into the future, which kind of surprised me because it seems the opposite is completely true. But yeah, there you go. Um, I suppose I should ask. Uh, okay, so so let's let's say that we we had access to a two fops time travel machine. Um, let's say. One of our friends of the show dropped it anonymously round and said, and, and you know, cl- clearly they're worse for wear. They're they're probably missing a few bits. Mm. Something doesn't look right in their face, and they say, for God's sake, just 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 don't don't use this. Don't don't even ask how it works. Just but but please keep it. Just keep it away from me. And and this has a real air of James I himself. I didn't want this. to mention any names, but. Um, anyway, so James leaves, and we're left with the the machine. What? How do you imagine yes. the interaction playing out? Who do you think, if either of us, would be the one stupid enough to use it? I think we would be instantly in agreement that, of course, we had to use yeah. it. Um, there wouldn't even be a pause for my my justification would be that I would I I would have to stop you from I'd have to use it just to make sure you didn't screw up too much. That's fine, and I'd be—I would swallow my pride then and there, and be happy enough to go along with it, just so that I wouldn't have to take that journey alone. Okay, um, so so then what happens? So we, we've agreed to use it. Where do we go? Or when do Where we go? Where would we go? Well, when would you most like to go? Have you got a particular date in mind? Sort of, if 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 you had that chance, when would you go? I mean, the safest thing to do would be to you know, go a couple of days into the future. Um, if I'm going into the past, I would like to go to... Uh, God, this is tricky. Um, okay, so subtracting the idea of, of like, y- you screwing up the future, because it's worth pointing out that suppose you could travel back into the past and it's all the same timeline and stuff, and that things will change as a result of your actions. As soon as you go back everything's off the table because it's just chaos theory there's a, there's absolutely no way of keeping it safe it's fucked but bearing all that in mind i would quite like to visit um i would quite like to visit sort of uh, the saxon kingdom of sussex when bright helmstone my native town was just getting underway i w- i would like to see the man who laid the first stone and shake his hand, and then return to the present. That's that's all I'd want to do. How how how? I mean, I mean, would would you let that be our debut voyage? 
I guess just because I don't think it would take a lot of time at all. Right. And okay. it would sort of. Ki- I, I would I would be letting the baby have his bottle, you know. It would keep you happy, you know. It would take a very little to no effort on my part, and then I could um I could continue with where I would right. like to go. Okay, where where would you like to like to go then? Probably the nineties, early to mid nineties. So unimaginative. And um and I would just like to relive those halcyon days of yore when the world was a simpler place um you know and i i can't there, there, it's strange no, one thing i would no most like to do really back i mean there was but not not a really good type of internet back then i like to imagine that the time machine would have some sort of of some sort of temporal quantum <laughs> wi-fi available that would, that would be pretty cool if you have, if you could where we we would have full access to the internet from our Oh, time. wow. Okay. That's interesting. Um, I like to think... Uh, other, otherwise, you wouldn't get me into that dreaded machine <laughs> in the first place. Um, but yes, one thing I would very much like to do in the 90s, which you might think is quite out of character, would be attend a rave. A 90s rave. Mm. And just really... Show the people back then what we have learned, but also I think we would learn a lot from them regarding well, in, you know, in I terms think they of really new new hard party back in then. terms of dance moves and things. Just just hard to party, hard to rave, yeah. hard to get jiggy with it. Fair play, you know? fair play to you. Um, I think it could only be educational, but of course, you know, there's, there's that whole you know my whole fascination with the eighties, the man identities of. T- television you know adverts and channel items and if you could just go back and sort of see that happening organically you know we its, picked at its we core, picked you know? very different answers yeah yeah and i'd say just as interesting as yeah, each other yeah i'd say so <laughs> to those at home i'd say both instances would be just as interesting yeah i i think so um, um okay okay would would you what would you do if um, we'd travelled back and say the machine was on a timer and would return to the present at a certain time and like like after a certain interval whether or not we were in it and let's say I'd I'd gone a little excited on our trip to Sussex and I'd run off um, to explore what the world was like back then um, and we, we were getting closer and closer to it and I was already off in the distance and it was becoming increasingly clear that the, the, if you went after me, you, the two of us might get back to the machine in time, but it would be there'd be a, a bit of a risk. You you couldn't you couldn't be sure of it. And what would you do? Mm. Would you would you just abandon me? I like to think I would. Um. Probably. probably would. Mm. There's there there'd be a high. I mean, I'd feel a lot less guilty really abandoning you in the nineties than I than I would if if I had to leave anyone back in in you know sixth century Sussex. No, I I can think uh, of <laughs> I can think of few things more honourable and pleasurable to you <laughs> than getting to be a founding father of of Sussex of the chalk. That's true, actually. You could literally carve the chalk, David, Car- in car- your own image. That would be that would be something else, actually. Really yeah, be. I think you would love it, and I think you would be scared, but it would take my action to sort of force you into it, to um, to get you to reach your full potential. I I could be the long man of Wilmington. Google it, guys. Google it. Google it, and imagine that that might be a version of me that's travelled back. And and literally made the chalk in his own minute. If actually looking at the pictures now, there's a like I, I could see that hairstyle coming through. Oh yeah, look at that, the long man of Wilmington. Could be me, guys. It could be me. Um, mm, what's this space? Yeah, I I had a, I had another sort of question for you, Kyle, very quickly about about time travel. Um, it has sort of slipped my mind though. Um. I suppose it would be this. Mm. 
what would you do if... Oh, no, no, I remember now. Um, so, in the beloved British sitcom Red Dwarf, um, there's a... Which, for those who don't know, is set three million years into the future in deep... Like, three million years of travel into deep space when the human race has gone extinct and there's just a couple of, like, incompetence left and that's that's all there is. Um, there's one episode in which they acquire a time travel device and are desperately excited because now they can finally return home. They can return to Earth after they've been, you know, in stasis for three million years. Um... And, and they're overjoyed, and so they they set the time machine, and and they say like, well, well like like let's let, let's go back first. Let's go back to medieval like like England, and just just that'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, and they say okay, and and Crichton spins the dial, and there's a there's a flash, and then and then it seems like it hasn't worked. Nothing's happened. Like and and Crichton's like, wow, an amazing success. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? We're still in space. There's just nothing here. And he's like, yes, that's right. We're now in pre-Renaissance deep space and and they realize that they're still three million years away from earth and it's just it's just the funniest <laughs> thing because i think it's something people forget a lot that having a time machine wouldn't necessarily mean that you could travel anywhere that travel you want yeah. space. It's, <laughs> oh, it's it's just it's one of the best jokes it's just great mm. but uh but yeah had you a question to come off that or uh oh no no it wasn't a question uh, it was just a, it was just a point uh, a humorous sentiment. Mm. Um, what would you do if you encountered a future version of yourself? Future version of myself. And what would you, what would you do if they if they were a really evil person? Really evil person. Um, well, I suppose it would give some sort of um, profound purpose to uh, my own sense of self loathing, um, which would be quite nice. Um, I like to think I'd just have a good chat with the man, see what happened, see if there's anything he would change, and then um, quietly um, suggest that we um, we embrace in the way only two identical men can. Mm. Mm. I think that could only end well with one both back. parties. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Uh, well, I mean, I was thinking more along the lines of, you know, should I cap him? I'll get you to cap him while I'm distracting him. Um, I mean, I I certainly want to try to avoid talking to him because I I don't. You'd commit murder, suicide. Because I I mean I sure as hell wouldn't want to know what's going to happen to me. I I wouldn't want to have the future known like that. I mean I suppose if I've had him shot, then I suppose that's that's going to weigh heavily on my mind going forward. But it'd be pretty depressing to have your life predetermined for you, assuming that was how it worked. Mm. And yet. Arguably, our lives are predetermined for us already. Mm. Mm. But at least, at least we don't know what's going to happen. Or do we? Well, I mean, we know some things. We know some things. <laughs> anyway, um, it beckons to. We should probably, r- we should probably wrap it up there. But um, again, uh, one last question, and David, at the risk of sounding. R- r- reductive I have to ask you time travel yes or no Kyle right now I'm saying no but yesterday I may be saying yes and tomorrow tomorrow is another day Kyle tomorrow is another day uh, I would also say no to time travel, but um, but of course, in essence, we will be carrying out some time travel here, David. Because of course, to those of you at home, the next time you'll hear from us, which could very well be a mere few seconds away, um, on your end as the old Two Fops playlist continues, um, but for us, it'll be at least a week away. Um, so, yeah, because this little, this little hour we spent together has reached its end. We are running, running out the clock, yeah. Um, we really are running out You might want to check a couple of messages, though. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, is this really appropriate to go on air? Uh, We can, we can always cut it out. We can always cut it out. They're they're used to that by now. I suppose. (laughs) That shoddy level of weaponship that, that, that you have always executed with such panache. Mm. Mm. Which, I, which I'm sure my young girlfriend would attest to. 
in her own experiences with me and my my own brand of panache. Oh, oh very smooth. Very smooth indeed. Ooh, absolutely. Right, on that note, uh, it's time to say goodbye for, for another week. So, it's goodbye from me. Oh, no. No, we're better than that. We're much better That's, than that. We're not, we're <clears> not, not the fit gracious, to spit on their shoes. The gracious thing to do there would be for you to have come up with your own kind of witty retort too that would both that would both pay homage but also deconstruct the tone set by those two greats. Well, I suppose I could go on some sort of little monologue that sort of veered around. God, please not again. <laughs> I'm getting very tired. <laughs> okay, sleep well, kids. <laughs>